Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's a Faith and Family Friday, and I'm joined by my wife, Carrie. Hi, dear. Hi, Tom. Thank you for being with me. I'm thrilled that you're on, and I'm excited, Carrie. I'm, I'm always I'm always excited when you're on. Isn't that funny? That's my standard. That's my go-to line. Is I'm excited. That's good though. What would I say if I said I'm not excited? That oh, you're on? what are you doing here, honey? Can you just like leave? <laughs> uh, well, we got a lot to talk about, and we'll tell you about it in just a minute on the program. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that. As a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Hey, welcome back to the program. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, thank you for the gift of our lives and our faith. Thank you for weather, for all types of weather. I pray, Lord, that people would be safe as they travel, and that you would um, give us uh, mercy and give us peace. Uh, Bless our our kids, especially our kids that are away from home. And um, Lord, give us peace regarding what's happening in the world right now, that we would have confidence that you are in control, that you are Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Carrie, uh, I was at a meal with uh, several leaders from the uh, Seattle Encounter, the Encounter School of Ministry in Seattle. And there was one of the leaders who shared something, the, her perspective on things, I found refreshing, but maybe a little bit frustrating. And I was, I was, what's the word, lamenting the current state of the church with regards to the spirit of evangelization and the lack of strong leadership that is taking on the evils in the world. And her response was, the Lord is still on the throne. The Lord is in control. He's not, like, this is now my language. He's not caught off guard. He's not caught by surprise. He knows and sees what's happening. The Lord is still on the throne. And I, I'm like, what a great reminder on the one hand that he is in control. But on the other hand, there's a part of me that's saying, hey, what's he doing? And what's he doing on the throne, right? And is he asking us to do more? Like from the throne, is he giving out messages and commands? Is he communicating to us in a way that we, well, we have a part to play and we're supposed to take action. So I I, I don't know. I just thought that was a kind of a, kind of an interesting place to start because of some of the podcasts you've been listening to that are associated with sort of end of the world prophecy stuff you know you start hearing about things like 
messages and messengers. I, I, I don't want to use a tone of voice that is a little disparaging, but you know, when you hear secrets and locutions and apparitions and mystics and stuff like that. What? You don't think that's happening? No, I didn't say that. Okay. I think that there's a type of, I want to call it Catholic fundamentalism that can mirror some of the uh, end time ways of talking about things that are uh, Protestant fundamentalists. You know, what's they... interesting is not only are there podcasts that are relating to those kind of prophetic words that are Catholic, but there's also, um, I listened to a YouTuber and he is all about finances. He's a tax accountant, a CPA, and he's so doom and gloom and he's not even faith-based. <laughs> and he's just like, I don't know what's happening to our country, but economically speaking, we are slowly, we were slowly going downhill. Now we're just like running downhill. No, we jumped off the cliff. We're falling. <laughs> we're in a free fall. And then I hear another, I probably listened to too many podcasts. I hear another podcast all about uh, entre leadership. And that one is all about the macro economy and the political uh strife or struggle happening right now around the world. So it's not only are just this Catholic podcast, but it's many different forums that people are saying, this is like never before. Okay. And I know we've heard this four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, but it really is like never before. <laughs> it's just slowly, it's continuing. It feel that way though? I mean, it's continuing. And then it's not just, well, at our group that we had last week, it was the church is in chaos. Well, just wait till the Senate results come out. <laughs> You'll see what's going to happen. It's not just the church. It's the economy. And then it's the government. And then it's not things that we had belief in, like the FBI and the DOJ and the presidency. And it's like, what the heck is going on there? <laughs> and then it's just, okay, now these wars are erupting. Harry, the Lord is and on the throne. Never before. I mean, this is from a U.S. government uh, official. Never before have we been in so many different conflicts around the world with so little solutions and so little ability to, you know, one war is one thing, Ukraine, Russia, but then you add this one and then two days later you can, what else is going to get fired up? Anyhow, it's just feeling very intense and unsettling. And yes, the Lord is on the throne, but I think that that, point, that question you ask is what does that mean for us today in our house, in our church, in our community? Because there's not a lot we can do um, nationally, internationally. But there is a way in which we can prepare, and there is a way in which we can find peace through this and, and be ready and stable and focused on what the important things are. Okay, so let me ask a question. Do you think that it is more responsible to follow the day-to-day -day news updates in all of these, call them hot spots in the world with all the various reports, or it's more responsible to not pay attention and access these reports. I like that in between where you get the 10 minute download of everything happening. <laughs> not three you, hours. You just said yes. Not two hours, because yeah. uh, it's a nuanced question. People want to know what's going on, and there is a, a way in which, and I don't want it to be just curious. But there is a way in which you want to know, I want to know what's going on in the world, but I don't want all the details. I don't want to know any of the third-level things like a murder, a stabbing, a car wreck, 
a, a minor, you know, plane wreck, whatever. But if a plane's going into a building, I want to know about that. So big things, I just kind of want to get a quick overview of what's going on. I have not watched any of the videos or listened to the reports from Israel as far as, you know, the terrorizing um, impacts of Hamas, and I don't want to watch it. I just know it's horrific and it's demonic, and there's an evil that has been unleashed, and it is, yeah. So I don't feel like that's a place where I need to spend my time and energy. And, I, you know, the scripture for the Sunday gospel is... Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Well, and it's the whole, what is the, first, what is the most important commandment? And Jesus says this. And it brings me back to that idea of if I'm not spending time with my God in prayer with a, a significant focused time and effort, am I really able to love him with my heart and my strength and my soul? And so all of that trivia news or important news or whatever it happens to be, if that's taking precedent or first place over time with him, then I have everything out of order. Yeah. So when I, I I've accessed less news this week than I have in a while, and then part of it is coming away from that training, uh, that training seminar that I was at last week, and they encouraged a practice of don't look at your email until after ten in the morning. And so I have followed that guidance, not perfectly, but generally. And it's a really interesting thing to break the, the typical habit of when I wake up in the morning, I just check my text messages and my emails and if there's anybody that's called, right, all of that. I don't do that. And it's interesting because it, it, it's as if it creates more space in my heart. So if I'm going to love the Lord my God with all my heart, then, and that's the, that's the core of my being, that's the place of encounter, right? For the Jewish mindset, the heart is the, the core of the person. It's the place of encounter with God. It's the place where God dwells in would the you, human being. Would you say there's, that's where emotion or passion comes from? Or is that kind of a minimizing minimalizing of it? Yeah, so that would be a diminishment of the Hebrew notion of the heart. So... The thing is, when you meet someone, when you truly have an encounter with someone, it's going to bubble up into, often not always, but bubble up into the felt dimension, the dimension of your emotions. So from the encounter will come joy at the meeting, the sense of, uh, the sense of peace that I, I've, I'm in the, in the presence of the Lord, right? You'll have th those effects, in fact, I talked about that. We talked about that last Friday from Interior Freedom, and I mentioned it on a program earlier this week, which I'm sure... D d I don't need to hear any any sarcasm, any? honey. Okay. <laughs> Just rebuke that in Jesus' name. <laughs> so, hey, I have to say something as okay. we're getting launched into this program. So there are some wonderful folks that I just served as a, as a real estate agent, helping them buy a home for their family. Wait, you're a real estate agent? <laughs> Wait, that was sarcasm back at you. <laughs> Which I'm sure. <laughs> Very funny, dear. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. I'm sorry. That. I, I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. So I, I've i been serving them. They've been looking for their, let's call it their forever home, their home where their kids, who are now adults, and many of them are married, and now they have kids. So they're looking for that home for their grandkids sounds to like be a able to gather. like a compound. Like a compound, yeah. <laughs> well, well, a home that is 
capable of receiving in families for big family events and all of that. You just need a big gathering space and then a couple of bedrooms and a couple of bathrooms. Well, you, well when right? you have nine kids, then that just expands, right? That just it gets bigger than yeah, that. But I don't want like seven bedrooms. Can we just, <laughs> I don't. So they found a lovely home and uh, we just closed on it. And we were talking about, you know, just getting together to celebrate. And and then it came up, you came up. and Oh, is this where this is going? I, you have my full attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, what they came up was uh, they enjoy having you on the program with me. And you know how much I tell you that when people say, oh, I love the program, especially when Carrie's on. And someone specified why. They said, I, I get off my, uh, my throne. Like the Lord is on his throne. Well, I'm on my throne when there's nobody to knock me off my throne and kind of make me less highfalutin. How's that for a word? That's a pretty highfalutin word. So they say that I bring you down, I uh, pull you down, I knock you off. It push you off. Keep, well, put it this way. It makes me more relatable. It makes me more real. Oh, it makes yeah. me more genuine because you and I are talking in a way that it brings stuff out of me in a different way than if I'm here just talking to my audience, you know, talking with my audience and just sharing thoughts. I, I can be a little bit more intellectual about things. Okay. No, you're intellectual, but you're also very clear. And you're also... Um, what you say is true. So I, when you say stuff, I don't think, oh, I don't know if that's true. I do that with a lot of people I listen to. Like, oh, they said that wrong, or that's not clear. Or I have a problem with the way they said this, and then I bring it to you, and you well, clarify. Well, one of the points that he made was that uh, he was like, well, you know, I'm sure Carrie is very encouraging when she's correcting yes, you. Yes, I am. Doesn't <laughs> like, he listen to the program? Who, who are you? <laughs> no, and he referenced his own wife. He said, I'm sure Carrie is just like, and I won't say her name, so just like her, because, you know, I'm sure she's so encouraging when she needs to just gently kind of get you in line and correct uh, you. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, can, I, can we get together? We need to get together. Actually, I'm, I more tease you about your humor and your commenting, but not really about your theology. I think I'm more amazed that, and this is because I'm married to you, I'm more amazed that you see your spiritual life and faith in such a pure of heart. Okay, and I'm not trying to bolster you, but... You and I are very different spiritually. <laughs> and so when you're like, oh, of course I wake up and I just want to go after the Lord and, you know, do all these amazing things, I go, you do? So I feel like maybe I'm more relatable to the sinners out there. <laughs> like, Finally, <laughs> Jesus, thank you. At least you didn't say the, the possessed, right? <laughs> yeah, the oppressed and, because and depressed. And, and, it's just uh, like a struggle. Possessed. I don't, I don't, uh, the Lord, I'm sure he has a good sense of humor with me and lovingly smiles at me. I'm not thinking that he's uh, looking at me in a terrible light, but I just look at myself and all I can do is laugh because it's just such a struggle. And I have, yeah. Do you remember what that, uh, what was that woman prophet? What's her name? And Fran Lance. Fran Lance, yeah. Do you remember what she said? About when, when us? She prayed, oh, prayed with us that one of the times. how do you remember this time? I can't remember yesterday. Oh, yeah. What she said was you had to learn to serve me day to day in the details. Yes, that's right. Since you don't remember, I can say uh, anything. I got the recording. <laughs> I'm going to go grab that recording. Okay, so no, talk about spiritual gifts, right? So this woman has a beautiful spiritual gift, and she would pray and with the scriptures, and then she'd give words. And one of the words she gave one time was that she said to you that you had this idea that you just kind of shared out loud right now, that somehow the Lord brought... Um, brought oh, yes. Do you remember? I remember the Lord it brought, now. Um, 
me to you to help you. And you and the, and the Lord said, no, no, well, the Lord brought you to me to help me. That somehow I was the one that was in need of help more than you. Amen. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. That, And I do actually sometimes think like that when I'm with you, but um, I realize that there's a gift in helping. It's definitely mutuality. It's definitely right? a team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, complementarity. There's a you say team, I say complementarity. There we go. <laughs> so, all right, all right. We're up against a break. When we come back, more sound insight on a Faith and Family Friday with my wife Carrie. Back in a minute. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that. As a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. I'm with my wife, Carrie. So Carrie, uh, I use this idea of, hey, we were together with this woman who has this charism, this gifting from the Lord. And that might sound like strange or foreign to most of you, but here's the thing. The Lord does speak to us through his word. And uh, the word that the Lord is serving up to the church this Sunday is is really this fundamental one, right? The, the, great, the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God. And the second greatest is what? Love your neighbor neighbor. as yourself, right? As yourself. And and then Christ elevates that. Love one another the way I have loved you. Oh, that's right. right. So that's an elevation of the Old Testament into the new. So, but, But coming back to this first and greatest commandment, honestly, I don't think we live our lives like that's the greatest commandment and the first commandment we have. Let's try it for a week. Let's try for an hour, right? <laughs> Seriously, well, how about for the rest of this program? Come on, let's just love. Let's well, just try every, it for a week. You know, Jesus talks about what? Oh, no, St. Paul, make every thought captive. Make every thought captive um, to to Christ for, for God's glory. So how about make every word captive and say, Lord, please don't let me depart from loving you through the conversation I have right now with the customer service person at Fred Meyer. Hey, I was very kind to her considering what I had to go through. Well, <laughs> let's talk about that. Uh, well, let's... this is where, how do you, so one of my sons, I was talking about somebody and just telling a story, and I thought it was a fun story, and he kind of corrected me and said, well, I don't think that was very, he goes, Mom, I don't think it's good if you talk about someone and it's demeaning to what they did and it's not uplifting. And I was like, what? <laughs> Let's have my stories. <laughs> How am I going to talk? <laughs> have my stories are laughing at situations with people, but not necessarily putting them down, but just laughing at how God's made people. I was at Fred Meyer, and people that shop at Fred Meyer must know this. I hardly shop there because I'm so irritated. <laughs> Here I go. Um, are you loving the Lord your God no, right now? They have this advantage card, whatever. You have to put your phone number in to get the discounts. But as I go around the store, it says, hey, use your card, you get a dollar off. Use your card, you get $2 off. And then they also have digital coupons that are the better coupon to use because they want you on, they want to be linked to your phone. Right. 
But the digital coupons honestly have never worked for me and they're great deals if they can get them to work. So I find a boy, not a girl, a boy to help me when I check out because the guys are a lot quicker to help me. <laughs> the women don't want to give me the digital coupons as quickly. And not because not it's a guy-girl thing. It's just guys aren't into following the rules as much as the girls and they less care for details. that's a generalization? Yes, <laughs> but, but it's, a, it's true. I'm telling you, it's true. Anyhow... So the digital coupon, forget about it. It doesn't work. Or if you spend two hours trying to get it to work, why? Because then you've really just lost all the savings through spending two hours trying to figure it out. And I know it doesn't work because I've talked to multiple people at the store on the very few occasions I've gone to complain and say, this never works for me. And they go, I know, we know, it never works. But that's why I just go to them. Okay, but those are the better deals. It's, it's always worked for me. The digital yeah, coupon. You don't even have that on your I phone. Know. What, I, I, what I've actually done... Okay, what is your trick? <laughs> I what I've done is I will t- I will pull out the actual coupon like slip and walk up with it from the paper. Yeah, from the from the place where it is. Or I'll take a picture of it. See how much hassle this is. How many? What and would I'll, they do if they had four hundred people do this? Do what I do. Take the tag off the here, item. Look, bring it, it up right here. Yes, you can take a picture coupon. of it. This I'll is the problem. Take a picture of it and show them. When you're going through a store and you have like eight things in your cart, I don't want to try to go check out and figure out, okay, which one had the you sound sale. Like you complaining. You I am. Know, you need a okay, I'm just going to complain. <laughs> just Bill like. Bill Alquist, he was quoting G.K. <laughs> Chesterton. He said, gratitude, G.K. Chesterton said, gratitude uh, is the highest form of thinking. That's a profound statement. That is actually a profound statement. Yeah. Finish your comment quickly, and then we want to get to gratitude. So I, you went to the lady. Okay. This happens all the time. I go to check out, and the pistachio nuts I bought, which I hardly ever buy, are supposed to be three ninety nine. It comes up as four ninety nine. I go, okay. They didn't ring the coupon, and I realized this towards the end of checking out, like after it printed the receipt, and I couldn't do anything about it. So I had to go wait in line at customer service to get my dollar back <laughs> because I want that dollar back, and I had to wait behind three other people. And I finally get up there and I go, look, I'm not the kind of person that complains about. This little detail of a dollar. On the radio, you sound like you are. I am so. not, guys. I am not. I said, okay, but two or three times, it's fine. But 50 times. Right, if this is the standard. H, double toothpicks, no, I will not. <laughs> Every time I go there, they mess up the sales. There's never the right. So how hard is it for them to take a barcode and have it say three ninety nine? What? What? <clears throat> well, do, do you <clears throat> actually have the app? Yeah, no, because you can't. You can't work it. Uh, no, I do what you do. I do take pictures because I do forget the price and I don't want to cheat the store out of the price. But when I was checking out, she had to fix two things already. Yeah. So I, who has time to multitask every item in their cart and how much it costs and make sure they charge the right? Who goes to Fred Meyers <laughs> except for the dollar half gallon milk? <laughs> that's the best thing, the 99 cents. But that, other than that... A, it's called a loss leader. It is just... It's just so frustrating. I'm just like, I cannot yeah, so stop So what there. do you do? It, so here's the thing, right? So folks are hearing this and they're thinking, okay, that's that's what you're frustrated. A lot of people are frustrated with things that are way bigger than that. And I think that when we're dealing with... <laughs> I, think so, I think someone who's frustrated gets frustrated with anything and everything. So yes, larger than that. But yes, you're right. I have a little bit more bandwidth, computer storage. I have space to think about it. And ruminate over it and complain about it. So when I when I so what do you do when you encounter someone that you feel like what's living in their heart, like or in their spirit, is a spirit of complaint? 
humor. Humor. Dis- disar- disarm, dislodge. I don't know. Try yeah. to use humor to help them see. Because well, that's what you do with me. Isn't that hilaritas? Like hilarity, right? Not taking yourself too seriously, right? And I, th- I think that that's a, that's a gift. If you can help people to lift up and out of situations that are often contentious or negative, that that can be a real gift. Yeah, and I think um, in stressful situations, it, it reverberates. Other people catch it. it it's contagious, that negative yes. uh, anxiety, stress, pressure. And when someone comes in and is able to see the humor in it and just start to laugh or with not not without care, but just like, what else are you going to do? You've just got to let this, you just have to laugh at Okay, so I, I, the, do you know why that's so hard? It's John Paul II. Because you have right. to get outside yourself? It's awareness, attitude, action. Awareness is how you see things. That's your consciousness. That's your mindset. That's the framework in which with which you're seeing the world. That's the hardest thing to convert. It's the deepest conversion is a conversion of mindset. That's what metanoia is. Well, I think that's why... <laughs> This is why I laugh at people because it's like, oh. Okay, so then, well, then here's the thing, Carrie. <laughs> How do you live right? that so way? So it's if that's the mindset, if that's like the fundamental way that we're approaching and seeing the world in front of us, where we feel frustrated by being stopped at things that just are, are so small and and it's you know it's uh it's just troublesome and it's mm-hmm. like why is this happening? This shouldn't be right. Then. That overflows from how we see things to our attitude. Mm-hmm. And our attitude, that's what we're reverberating. That When you use that, you know, that's what we're radiating. And that shows up in our actions. So if we can, if we can say, Lord, change my mindset. Help me to see things differently. Then we'll have a different attitude about it. So I think that that's where the, hilari, the hilaritas, right? That, that mindset that says, you know what? The Lord is on the throne. If this is the biggest challenge I'm facing right now, this is not a bad thing. This is a little thing. And can't we just laugh at the imperfection of computers when we think that they're perfect? And let's just not let this bother us and move on. When I told you the story, wasn't I laughing? Yes. I did not think it was, a, I just thought it was funny that this has been going on with this company. I, I'm going to short their stock. I told the lady, I go, I'm just going to short your stock and I'll just get all the money back <laughs> because it just happens like year after, anyhow, I thought it was more funny and incredulous that a business could run this incompetently. That does sound like I'm complaining. I think I'm laughing like at how badly run it is. I don't know. Like, how could you actually, okay, I'll just stop. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you're picking on a store here. Well, I am because like, every time I go into this. <laughs> So if when I coach people, what I would say is if there's a way to avoid that store, just avoid that store and you'll be better off for it. Uh, or learn to be different in the middle of the store, right? I, you know me, you, you've had a chance to be home when you watch me interact with different people when I call them up. And they're, let's call them in general customer service people. And what's the typical like spirit of the interaction. Hey, how's it going? How's your family? How's it? Now you're picking pretend you're Italian here. <laughs> hey, it's, what's it, Mom? That what's is a... not how I'm doing things. Uh, you're very kind and funny. Personable. I Are we talking about you? We, I thought we were talking about me. <laughs> how do we get back to you? <laughs> what I'm talking about is loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And so uh, people don't often like really like how is the heart different than the soul? How is the soul different than the mind? How is the mind? What is strength anyways? Right? Those are, those are good questions, especially if it's the first and most fundamental commandment. Gee, we better get that one right. 
you know, and, and Jesus doesn't say, well, they're kind of all the same. So what is, uh, you said heart from the Jewish tradition means... It's the center of your center being. Of... It's the place where the Lord dwells. It's the place of encounter. encounter. Okay. Okay. So the soul is the I. It's, it's the, what we would call your the... spirit, your personhood, your personhood. So with the... Let's your uniqueness, it, right? Your what uniqueness, it, your preciousness, the, that through which you are exceptional. Do you ever think the Lord, our God, our Father, loves to be loved by the way he made you? Because only you, Tom, can love him the way you love him because you are Tom and that's a unique. And he created you. He created you to be so unique. And he knows and longs for that love from you in the way you give it because we all love the lord same but different so what's it's so just funny so is, precious and i unique. have spoken the gift message for probably 30 years i don't think i've ever said it like that i love that carrie hmm. that's beautiful well i want i was wrestling with god today going do my prayers matter can i wrestle from you some stuff i want to wrestle with the lord i'm like i fight this lady like for jacob yeah, I was fighting the lady for a dollar. <laughs> it's like, wait, what am I doing? This is so silly. I want to fight with God in a good way, uh, wrestle out of him, not blessing, but answers, you know, like persistent in, in... So if you read the Office of Readings yesterday, the Office of Readings all week have been um, going through the book of Esther, Right, you know Esther, Mordecai, and you know Mordecai is the uncle of Esther. No, I don't know this, but that's you right. do know this. One of the okay, <laughs> so she's one of the princesses or one of the you know queens of the king. Was and it in a Disney movie? If it was, I, I'm joking. You're killing me. I know. So you know, for such a time as this, okay. right? So she was she was given the gift of being put into that position where she would be able to access the king, but she'd be putting at risk her life okay. if she did. And and so they, everybody fasted, and then she showed up, and the king gave her favor, and, um, and, and they won the Jews. So they were rescued from being slaughtered because Esther was willing to put her very life at the service of the Lord and her people to fulfill the call based on where she was planted. Okay. The reading... Hey, that's a good name. Why don't people name their daughter Esther? I think... I, there's a, like a lot of... You're right. There, there's a lot, that, of like Hannah's, a lot of Hannah's, Rebecca's, yeah. Sarah's. Okay. I, I'm getting to okay, the other part. Sorry. Distraction. Well, Augustine wrote to someone whose name you probably haven't heard. It was a woman named Proba. There you go. So in in his letter to Proba, he is going. he offers a commentary on the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father. And then he talks about unanswered prayer. And he talks about the Lord's love in relationship to unanswered prayer. When we are suffering, when we are complaining, when we're going through difficulties, when we have trials and we cry out to the Lord and we don't have the resolution that we're asking for, it's not that the Lord hasn't heard us. It's that he, his love for us is manifested by having us stay in that difficult place, which we don't think is the loving thing to do, but he knows best. He's on the throne, and he will lovingly bring us through, bring us out, bring us beyond in his time and in his way, because his love is perfect. Well, what's so great is if 
if I am asking him and seeking an answer, he does answer. And it's not that I get the wrong answer. It's just he gives um, heartfelt insight or unfolding or he exposes my heart in what's going on in that issue. So it's more of like a therapeutic <laughs> counseling session. It's like there's more than just here's the answer. Yes, you 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 can have what you ask for. No, he wants a relationship. He wants a discussion. Right. He wants to go deeper and and share. I don't know through scripture and and through music and through our hearts uh, posture. The Lord is able to take well, us in that desperate because we're desperate. We're going to engage with Him, and He wants that. So the funny thing is, is that He not only talks about rescuing us from the negative, He talks about not answering the positive. And Augustine ends the letter to Proba, the, the section from yesterday's Office of Readings, by saying that the Lord wants to preserve us from a prosperity that will destroy us. Hmm. And he doesn't say it exactly like that, but he talked about prosperity as a negative thing when it comes to our spiritual lives. And he does that out of love. Hmm. Because what you just shared, I thought, was it's a very mature attitude. I think that it is much easier to just complain and say, God's not hearing my prayer because he's not answering it, either rescuing me from the evil or providing the good that I'm seeking. So yeah, it's a, it's a great letter, the letter to Proba. And again, you can just go to the Office of Readings over this entire week and you'll get um, profound insights into the Lord's Prayer, into um, how yes. to pray and, and unanswered prayer. Now so, we'll come back with strength. The yes. love of the Lord your God with all your strength. Oh yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. That's a good one. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Cameron. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Where do we go next, dear? Uh, how do you love the Lord with your all your strength? All your strength, you go to the gym and you lift weights. And if you can lift 150 pounds, you love God more than someone who loves lifts 100 pounds. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Strength? Yeah. Loving God with all your strength. Do you know what that means? Do you know what strength means in the Jewish mind? Um, it means like with power. With power. That's a good <laughs> answer, dear. It is not like, right. Like love the Lord with power. Love the Lord with power. With focus. Strength means wealth. You shall love the Lord your God with all your strength means with all your wealth, all your resources. Not just 10%. Yeah, ten, I love the Lord with 10% of my wealth. I, well, in in so and it's good. I like uh, we'll say wealth and then we'll say resources because you can see how resources can go beyond wealth. Yes, like your resources are your energy, time, giftings, talents. Right? Okay. Does that count as strength? Yeah, yeah. With all of your wealth. Oh, that's all, a good thing. All of the, the like this inheritance of blessings that God has passed on to your life. So, if you stop and think about it, it's like wait a minute. Somehow through how I relate to the wealth, let's just be focused. Let's like, I mean, narrow it down. The money that I have is somehow caught up in my loving God. Or is it? I mean, who hears, who talks about it like that? Who thinks about it like that? I mean, you said that interesting comment. Jefferson. I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little Convicted? Nervous. No. <laughs> <laughs> I better, I better uh, reset my... Spiritual, up your game a little. My spiritual strength here. I, uh, I do I know feel... we've talked about this before. I don't know. I I do feel like... I feel that it's more natural to love God 
with the gifting of family as a couple, kids, let's serve, let's go out and help. Let's invite people over. But I don't think that's what it means. I think yeah. I'm broadening and in, 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 um, diluting the real meaning of strength. Like to avoid the... To the avoid. Lazy, you want to kind of shotgun, <laughs> kind of diffuse the light Can I a just bit? fill in the blank? I can make strength, whatever it means to you. Oh, it's that's good, good for dude. you. I like that. But when you face God in judgment, uh, he's going to say, yeah, we're not going to do that. Let's go back around to the first thing. The interesting thing is I didn't know what it meant to love him with my strength. You know who taught me this was Father Tom Forrest. Really? Yeah. He, he, so he was the international, the founder and international director of Evangelization 2000. So during the late 80s and into the 90s, he was a really prominent figure in the Catholic Church in the whole world, you know, hobnobbing with Mother Teresa. And I don't think you hobnob with Mother Teresa. Yeah, you're true. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Anyways. That's okay. But what he would he would have a chance to hobnob with very 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 wealthy people, and one of the things that he said to me, it was it it really took me aback. It was, they wealthy people need us more than we need them. I'm like, what? Do they know that about us? <laughs> Can we let them know that? He well, why would he say that? Who's the we? The we was. Uh, a Catholic ministry of evangelization that was operating around the world. We need, they need us more than we need them. And the idea was God has placed into their hands an, enor an enormous stewardship, an enormous stewardship that could be a burden, namely a ton of money. You know, I think I wouldn't mind having that burden for a time. Just <laughs> <laughs> I used to joke. <laughs> Of course you joke like that. Everybody jokes like that. No, it is a burden. It's, it's, the, it's the lottery. It's the winning lottery ticket prayer. But he would say, he said, do you realize that they're going to be judged for the wealth that God has given them the gift to be able to make, the opportunity to be able to make, the situation that they're in, that they were able to make it, and how they made their money, what they did to make their money. And now they have all of this money. And now the question is, are they going to love God with it? I'm feeling convicted. Well, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. So that's... That's a huge question. It's how do we see that? Remember that awareness, attitude, action. Mm -hmm. It's it's related to our money. You know, do we look at our money as ours, or do we look at the money that that we have as money that is God's, and it happens to be in our hands? Lord, it's all yours. All of the the wealth that we have, it's yours. Please help us to discern what you would have us do with your money. That's, that's a way of looking at things that is very challenging. And uh, it, it, I think it cleanses the perspective, doesn't it? Well, I, th I believe if I was truly living a way of loving the Lord with all my strength, it would be a great witness to the atheist or the non-believer. If Christians put everything out there as if it was God's and gave it to those in need, it would be an amazing witness of these people aren't attached or they're barely attached and they're not trying to store up wealth here on earth and properties and So do you know who, like historically, as Christianity spread to pagan areas, areas that were like non-Christian religions were practiced by mm -hmm. different nations, the ones who would have the biggest impact and sort of the 
the surprising entry to be able to talk to the ones who were in power, like the kings and the rulers, were the religious, the consecrated religious, because they could not understand that this person who is compelling shows up and has fully embraced poverty, chastity, and obedience when they have pursued power, wealth, and, well, all the the pleasures and satisfactions that they could get um, in their sexual life. And all of a sudden, they're seeing this guy who seems radiant with something that they don't know how to put their finger on. And somehow, they're this radiant, joyful, free person, but they've got nothing that these people were pursuing. In fact, they have completely surrendered those things and have not said, I'm going to pursue those as a goal or a value. Does it make you want to just leave all that's here and go be missionaries? Um, like, yeah, let's I, just I go you, to the Philippines. Occasionally. I don't know, where, where would you go? <laughs> I don't know. Occasionally. I think let's go to that, Guatemala. Well, you, you know, if you take a look at like Peter, James, and John when they were fishing, and there was the miraculous catch of fish. Do you remember what they did when they got to the seashore? No. They abandoned their nets and their father, and they followed Jesus. So they, like, severed ties. If I say Jesus in person, I will do that. If, <laughs> come on. And don't say you received the Eucharist. That, that, no, I want to see him, like, flesh. Like okay. his person, his eyes gazing into my eyes. Okay, and you need the miraculous catch. But but here's the thing. It's like, is it easier or harder to follow Jesus completely the way that Peter, James, and John did, where they left everything? Let's just do it for a week. Hold on. Hold on. Let me raise the question. <laughs> or is it you have that encounter with Jesus, it's completely transformative, and then the Lord says, be my disciple, but keep running the fishing business. So I'm going to ask you to abandon and surrender everything in my hands, and then I'm going to ask you to hold on to most of it. That's hard. That's hard. And, and I think that's the call that, that's different. That's the difference between the call that the consecrated religious have and we have. So love the Lord your God with all your strength, is with all your wealth. All your wealth. And gifting. Connections, gifts, talents, abilities, re- you know, all other that. resources, Did the you time, ask, the energy. I think it's a good time to ask for money from your listeners. <laughs> They're all feeling you really feel guilty. Led, go to mycatholicfaith.org, <laughs> click on the Donate Now page. If you're feeling the conviction, I will help you with that burden that is yours. This, I don't know. I, you'd have to have a compelling mission all in. The thing is, I love to give money to people who are new or good stewards of it. Well, okay. So this is That's the... very attractive to me. I, I don't want to give it where I'm like, oh, I'm just dumping this into a empty hole. Not an empty hole, but just another project, another process, another program. I. But if someone is like proven in the small things, they'll be proven in the big things. Yeah. Well, I when I was running my Catholic Faith Ministries, I felt the sense of, call it fear and trepidation, when people would make a donation to the ministry because I knew that I'd be accountable before God for their giving some of their wealth to me to be a steward of. So their stewardship now got handed down to me. And if I were to convince them in ungodly ways to make a donation to my ministry, that that's going to show up on Judgment Day. 
So I I, would, I don't know, Tom. I think there's a lot more sins I'd be worried about than that one. <laughs> Just saying. I'm just telling you how it lived in me. Okay. How it lived in me. Well, and so good for you. I well, and that's why when I was running a ministry, I would do so much work to generate revenue through the ministry's services themselves, selling resources and giving talks. So I wouldn't have to rely so much on donations. It was a way of me saying, I'm gonna shoulder more of the burden. So I, I don't know, it's just a it's an interesting thing. So brothers and sisters, think about that. Love the Lord your God with all your strength. Just pray about it. Just say, Lord, in what ways am I loving you through the wealth you've given to me? And in what way am I clinging to it as if it's mine? And I'm miserly. And I'm. Uh, and we can be so minimalistic, Carrie, when it comes to being generous to others. Brothers and sisters, pray about it. Just say, Lord, Give me the inspiration to know how it is you would have me live with the resources, the wealth you've put into my hands. All right, back in a minute with more Sun Insight. Okay, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Carrie, we've talked about heart and soul. Not so much about soul, but we did cover that a little bit. I think we, we should go back to... Sorry, I interrupted you. Well, <laughs> we had mine. Used to it. <laughs> I just finished this. We, you know, we we just talked for a segment on mine. I was just thinking. I'm sorry. About, no, no, strength, strength. We just talked about strength. Well, I was thinking about the soul part, where you love God with your eye, your unique sense of who you are. Yes. And that I'm the only one able to praise and worship and seek Him with me, Carrie, as a person, and that I think. I think he delights in each each of us, each of our unique approach to him. Yes. I don't know how he delights in it, and he doesn't need it, obviously, but he, uh, I, I don't know, it's just an interesting thing I want to pray about, because it has a level of unique, intimate connection to the Father that I've never thought about before. You should listen to my program yesterday. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> what was your program on? <laughs> It was about it was about that. I actually finished with reading uh, that section from "Who Is Man" by Abraham Heschel. I think I read it to you. Um, I'm reading it every day, just as a reflection oh, okay. on the uniqueness of the human being. But you, you again, you brought out an insight that I hadn't pondered before. Maybe, maybe little bits, but it, it sounds very fresh and 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 re real to me right now, and that's so beautiful. Do you think in our marital love? There's a way in which we love and honor the Lord that's unique to yeah. our, our communion of persons. Like, and when we, when, if you think of communion of persons, if we allow the Lord to come into our relationship in a more full way, or the Trinity, doesn't that also show up in a beautiful new dynamic somehow? So, if you want to go like, wow, marriage is a sacrament. And what that means is, is that it's a means through which God communicates divine life to us. So one of the ways that God communicates divine life, the very life of God meets me, is through our married life, through our married love. God is communicating Maybe she me. would pursue that. I feel like it's not always divine. <laughs> I, sense, I know. I, know. I sense spiritual battles and struggles and I mean, human sounds, battles. It does and sound really awesome, Tom. But is but it something that we're aware of or that we pursue, or is it we just kind of hum along day to day and 
you get comfortable and fall into whatever. Well, just like any prayer, praying the rosary or saying any prayers or doing the liturgy of the hours, any of these, going to mass, they all can become boring. They all can become rote prayers. It takes really a serious spiritual effort to keep it fresh, keep it new, keep it alive. And if you look at our tradition, they would say, our tradition says it takes a meaningful amount of asceticism. So ascetical practices, spiritual disciplines, fasting, penance. I think we might do better if we just move to a, like Guatemala, live in a hut, <laughs> away from all the distractions here and all the excitements. Um, okay, love the Lord your God with all your mind. Mind. Well, how you, what, whom, the ones that you allow to feed your mind impacts you greatly. It really does. Our mind is very influential. Even as a strong believer and knowing who I am, someone can say something or do something that weighs on me or presses in on my personhood. And I have noticed things I've said and done with my kids one time and it presses in and it comes back to like, comes back at me multiple times. So we have the power to leave impression on one's person, but one's mind. Because, yeah, I don't know, it's very, uh, I don't think we take it seriously enough. And I don't think we realize the power we have over our spouses and in our children. Yes, that's that's a whole program, Carrie. I mean, that's multiple programs, uh, radio programs, where we could, well, we I, could discuss that more I fully. think it's good to pray about that when we read this gospel and to say, Lord, unveil to me, show me what it means to love you with my mind, and how am I not, and how am I poorly influencing, well, being influenced? I, where I thought you were going to go with this... <laughs> There's so many ways we could so go. many directions. <laughs> where are we going? loving the Lord your God with all your mind, meaning... Whom do I allow to influence how I see God or what God is up to in this world? At the very beginning of the program, we talked a bit about mystics and prophecies. And uh, what I was alluding to was, oh, it's the time of the warning and the three days of darkness and the uh, illumination of conscience and these other you know, seers and visionaries are, are saying, we're, we're, we're right about there. And what is that? That's forming the mind. And that's forming the mind regarding what people and leaders are saying that it's influencing a lot of Catholics. And there's only one problem with it. It's wrong. So other than that, sorry, I know I say that a lot, but it actually bothers me. It really does bother me that people that have influence and positions that give them a, an audience that they are not that discerning regarding a, a real, like, thorough examination of something like what's the history of the three days of darkness and the illumination of conscience and uh, the... End times. How about just all the gospel readings in Matthew? Hey, I like that stuff because it gets me off the couch, literally, figuratively. <laughs> it gets me in the game. See, if you know there's like a battle and it's coming close and it's not like... Carrie, let me tell you, there is a battle and it's already <laughs> upon us. 
I don't need a three days of darkness, <laughs> I, warning, illumination of conscience to get me to, to fight pray, the battle. To see. Yeah, the battle is there if we have eyes to see it. That's I, actually a good point. But I know what point. you're saying. I know what you're saying, that when you have a heightened sensitivity to this idea that there's a supernatural realm and we live in these... Uh, momentous times and things are going to start unfolding and so you better be ready have your 30 days of food <laughs> i need to find a generator and there's a generator for some candles and crosses yes, and beeswax candles come on tom beeswax yes is it really yeah Okay. I have no idea why. I actually, I read please. it one hey, time. Catholics, don't Dad, worry about it. You cannot. No, what happens if it's actually bringing people in a deeper search for the Lord, and they're spending more time in prayer, and they're doing penance, and they are making these incredible sacrifices because they want because to. Because they're close. being misled. Because their their minds are being formed in ways that are untrue. So. Uh, is, be ready the always. End? Isn't that the be end ready justifies? Always. That sounds like the Keep end justifies the means. Full of the oil. end justifies the means. It does not. <laughs> the end qualifies the means. You want to fight me? I will fight you right now. <laughs> I am not going to stop listening to my podcast. And I have a dog in here, you guys. Hello. You listen to your podcast in a discerning way. Is Say all hello. I'm saying. Say hello. Say hello. Oh yeah, she's so well trained. Yeah, that Alaska. was great, dear. I'm glad. <laughs> Our, our yellow lab Alaska <laughs> no, is now on the program in the house. Um, She's very happy to be here. Well, I think that I, you know, we mentioned earlier just a lot of things going on. So it is good to be attuned and aware and alert. Yeah, you know what? Do you know who did a? a I thought a, a a solid program on this was Jimmy Aiken. Okay. Um, he has this uh, Jimmy Aiken's Mysterious World. It's a podcast. And he did one on the three days of darkness. And and I thought he did a great job of walking people through Does it. Does he also do like visionaries, Akita and Bernadette? Yeah, he does. I, I don't think he's more. covered all of the apparitions, okay. but he's covered like the third secret of Fatima and I think certain other apparitions. Um, but what are, from that, what is, they keep talking about 10 secrets. What are the, Where are these secrets from? Do you know what? I, I it's have a secret. 22 secrets. <laughs> you only have 10? I've got 22. So we don't need secrets. What we need has already been it revealed. It just sounds better. Oh, The listen. Lord has secrets that he's revealing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what we need is the gospel. Repent and believe the Actually, good news. Actually, you do need the gospel. Give your whole life to the Lord. Just Follow love him, him day to day. Follow your strength. Love him with all your, with mind. All your mind. Be careful to whom you open your mind. All your heart. Because it can, it can shunt and twist. Like, you know, you shared with me some of these prophecies that people close to you have shared with you. And I listen to them and I'm thinking, who is discerning these things? I know some of them are really off, but it, maybe it's just more my curiosity. I... Curiosity, yeah, but I think it is something like that is a little bit more stirring to say again, you know, we're on the cusp of something. Well, we really are. The kingdom of God is breaking into your life today if you have an awareness of it. You don't need to get to the spectacle and, and chasing the rabbit down the rabbit hole. Just follow the Lord. Go deeper into his heart and you'll have, you'll be fired up in every way that you need to to live a holy life. So, that's what I believe. I like that. Thanks, Carrie, for You're being welcome. with me today. Hey, God bless you guys. You have a great and blessed weekend. And join me on Monday for more Sound Insight.